it's like all of a sudden he knows what to do. It's written down for him. He's being reminded by an adult before he enters the room right now. It's becoming a habit for him. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Talk Ed. Included in the Talk Ed podcast is a special series titled FASD Informed Classroom Strategies. This series features BC educators sharing FASD informed strategies that are making a difference for students in their classrooms and schools. Today we are talking with Cheryl, an elementary school teacher who is finding success using the STOP strategy to support one of her students. This strategy is one of the many strategies shared by Sarah Ward from Cognitive Connections. All right, thank you so much for joining us today, Cheryl. Would you mind starting off by sharing how you came across this strategy? Sure. Um, I participated in a full day pop fast workshop that was, um, I think, put on by the school district. Um, And my administrator had asked me if I would like to attend. I have a number of quite complex students in my class uh, this year. And uh, she thought that I would find the information really valuable. Um, And I had another primary teacher at our school uh, and the youth and childcare worker as well that were both attending the workshop with me. So after that workshop, was there anything that stood out to you that you you took away? Did anything kind of uh, spur that change in your approach to supporting those students with FASD and complex learners? Yeah, there were definitely a few things. I think um, one of the most powerful things that I took away from that day was the fact that many, like these students, they have a physical disability that we can't see. So Um, one of the things that was quite powerful was that um, you guys put up some images of the brain um, with and without alcohol exposure, uh, which really made an impact on me. I think that those images combined with the concept that like we wouldn't take a wheelchair away from someone who can't walk and expect them to start walking without it. Um, And this just equating that to um, kind of the same thing. Um, And it's quite a bit harder because we don't see that disability. It's not um, an obvious reminder for us all the time, like a physical wheelchair would be. Um, So that really stuck with me. And I, um, find myself sort of looking for more ways to support the kids and I guess approaching with a little bit more curiosity as to why they're doing or not doing certain things. Um, And I guess now I see it a little bit more as supporting them to be independent rather than making it easier for them um, or like expecting less of them. Like, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, it, it, you're so 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 right on there with with um, that around that hidden disability and how there's not that constant reminder that this individual needs our support, needs our patience, needs that uh, that awareness, like you spoke of, around um, helping them out uh, as as if a wheelchair helps out an individual. Was there anything else that kind of stood out to you as well? There were, I guess, the idea of breaking things down a lot more, like even like simple tasks that we don't necessarily think of as tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for example, I have a student who um, has a really difficult time reentering 
the classroom after he's been out doing other things. Um, he goes with the youth and child care worker or he goes and participates in different events um, around the school and whatnot. So he's often coming back into the classroom. And when he reenters the classroom, he's very disruptive. Yeah. And it's um, around like he'll like walk in and it could be completely silent in the room. And he will with absolutely no volume control what are we doing? I don't know what we're doing. What am I supposed to do? And he'll like repeat the question like three or four times mm-hmm. for like everybody to hear. And so one of the things that caught my eye uh, in the workshop was um, the uh, strategy um, that uh, you guys were referring to as STOP, which mm-hmm. was all about how to actually break down the process of teaching kids how to know what's going on. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and it's just such a simple concept. Like we walk into a room and we see everybody sitting and writing quietly and we'd walk in and get a pencil and start writing quietly. And uh, the reminder that these kids don't necessarily understand how to um, break down that task in their mind. They're overwhelmed with everything. And the overwhelming question is, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, and so I, it seemed like a really interesting strategy to be able to uh, teach him something where you were directly teaching that process for him so that he could learn how to independently come into a room and not have people staring at him and um, wondering why he is yelling about what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. So, so many great points you made there. You know, and I, I think one thing that always stands out is around the complexity of the tasks that we just assume that students are able to do. And when they're not doing it, um, often we jump to, well, that's a choice that they're making. That's uh, they're being non-compliant or they're being lazy and, and things like that for our, you know, our, our, our students in our classroom and how like you said, being patient and kind of taking a step back and being more curious or asking that question, maybe they are having missing and lagging skills and maybe I do need to teach that routine of coming into the classroom and providing that structure and that calm environment so uh, that when they come in, they know what to do. That's that's awesome. Um, have you had an opportunity to implement any of those ideas? And if so, was there a noticeable impact on the student success at school, whether it was like learning behavior Um, And then also, uh, why do you think that's the case, if there was? Yeah, so um, I approached um, Meredith, one of the uh, people that was leading the PopFast workshop that I went to, and asked her if she would do a, a webinar with us around the stop procedure and just around what that actually entailed and you know how to implement it. So I did that and I had my uh, the SDA that works in my classroom with me and the youth and child care worker and my student teacher at the time as well actually. The four of us um, listened to uh, Meredith talk about the procedure and then we sat down together, the four of us, and kind of brainstormed, okay, which parts of this is the student missing um, and what steps could we put in place for him to be able to come into the room? And so we picked three really simple um, parts of it and we wrote them down on a small piece of paper that we have just inconspicuously taped on the inside of the doorway. 
Mm-hmm. And as people have been bringing him back to class for whatever reason, um, he is being encouraged to actually like stop at the doorway uh, and take a look at the three steps that we've written down for him. And he is, he's, coming into the classroom quieter now. We've only been doing this for about two weeks, but I can see that um, he just, it's like all of a sudden he knows what to do. It's Mm -hmm. written down for him. He's being reminded by an adult before he enters the room right now so that he's kind of becoming, it's becoming a habit for him, I guess. And with that habit, he's walking in and he's stopping and taking a look at the board as to what time of day it is, because uh, he's able to do that. And then he's looking around at the students in the room to see what they're doing and what objects they actually have. And then he's going and getting those things and coming and sitting down. And often he is not interrupting the class uh, in order to do that because he's just got this wow. this habit now that he's that he's using. And I think eventually he's not going to need the adult prompting to do it. I think I'll leave the sign there and then we can also, you know, remind him if he has forgotten one time, but with that visual reminder and the verbal reminder, um, the other students aren't noticing as much when he's coming into the room anymore. And I think it's making him more independent in that one area. That's fantastic, Cheryl. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, that story. That's that's uh, inspiring. Uh, you know, not just for the listeners to hear, but also for that student who now has more positive interactions with his peers and teachers, because now they have they're they're building those skills to enter in that classroom without causing that friction. And uh, and, and you know what, kids will do well if they can. And you're providing that opportunity to build that skill. So they can do well. I think that kind of fits with that planning and organization around that executive functioning too, to be able to uh, slow down and process as they are reading the room are, you know, being able to go step by step of what their job is as they enter. And, uh, and that just continues that structure builds that confidence. And that's so great to hear. That's awesome. That's cool. Have other teachers uh, started to pick up on that too, and um, heard about this, the success and uh, are interested in using the the stop strategies or have you heard anything else? It's a big victory in my classroom for me and for our students and for this particular student, but I guess it doesn't necessarily feel like it's like sharing worthy. Do you know what I mean? Help the staff (laughs) meeting. I have an announcement. (laughs) My kid walks into the classroom and doesn't disturb everyone. Because it's such a normal expectation, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is. We expect kids to be able to walk into a room without causing a problem. And if they do, we redirect them and then tell them to try again and they they come in and you know kids with FASD they don't necessarily understand what they did wrong in the first place or even if they did something wrong how how to actually do it so it exactly. is a large victory but we don't necessarily see it that way so yeah, I need perfect. to do a better job of sharing it uh, no, <laughs> I, no, I think well you're doing a great job uh, by joining us on this podcast and hopefully other teachers will see how they could take these simple uh, like steps as far as stopping the individual with whether they're coming to the classroom or the, the student they're having challenges with and just giving them that processing time before entering the classroom and whatever strategy they want to use when it comes to what are their jobs before they enter that classroom 
classroom and building that into their routine, I think you know uh, you've you've made that message very clear, and it's uh, I think a lot of people will will pick up on it hopefully and and see that's just one of many uh, strategies that you know we can implement, and sometimes it works for some students and sometimes it doesn't for other students. And it was so simple to do. Right. It was so simple to do. There wasn't anything that required a ton of effort. It was writing down three steps on a piece of paper and reminding him those steps. Right. I think adding to that, you know, um, using that visual and within the classroom of other things, whether it's going to the library, uh, just, you know, having those steps up somewhere of or in a lineup. Right. You know, I, I taught grade five, six and seven for uh, eight years. And uh, it always amazed me by just having those steps of what it, being in a lineup should look like, how many of the kids that helped remind them, uh, help support them. And it wasn't just the students that had those designations. It was many of the students that needed to yeah. be have that visual as a reminder. So those little things go a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And I uh, really appreciate you sharing out your uh, experience with PopFast and some of the strategies that you took a little bit further. And we just want um, the audience to know that uh, for BC educators, we do a lot of these workshops and presentations. But then, just like Cheryl, you can at, um, request for an additional kind of support where we'll, we could do a webinar uh, where, was it after school, Cheryl? Is that when, when Meredith kind yeah, of just... Online. Half an hour after school. Yeah. yeah, half an hour after school to learn uh, a little bit, uh, some of these strategies that we share a little bit further. So uh, just really encourage uh, BC educators to take advantage of that. All right, Cheryl, is there anything else you wanted to share? No, thank you so much. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for giving up your lunch hour to chat with us. And uh, thanks again. <laughs>